It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joe Medora. We got you up until 7 o'clock today right here on the sports fan on this fifth day of November, 6.06 on the clock. And right here in Athens, it is around 62 degrees and partly cloudy outside. We got a great program coming up for you. Trevor Stevens will lead off the show. I think he's on the phone lines right now with us. Uh, before we get to Trevor, it was a disappointing day for the Bobcats, a three-point loss to Central Michigan. And, of course, we'll also have J.L. Curvin call in later on the program. He's the uh, reporter for the Bobcats on the post, uh, but excited to hear him. And now we'll bring on Trevor Stevens. Trevor, how are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Doing, doing well, doing well, Trevor. It, it was a. Uh, did you watch the whole game last night, Trevor? I mean, it went a little bit late. Yeah. We had the post game end at eleven thirty, but uh, fun game to watch. Couple mistakes for Ohio. Uh, it was an interesting game to watch. Twenty twenty football is going to be very interesting. <laughs> if that was the way that the season's going to go, from the power outage to the quarterback play to the special teams issues. Right. right. You know, I thought that Curtis Rourke did a, a nice job passing 12-19, 231 yards, uh, you know, and yes, coughed up the ball a little bit, had a couple fumbles uh, you know, on the offensive side, but you know, I like what I saw through the air from Curtis. Yeah, so just like you said, 12-19-63%-231 yards. He did. He's a passing quarterback, and he showed compared compared to Rodgers. He needs some work, but I liked his passing when he came in. The play calling could could have gone better having him in more up because he was Ohio was doing better when 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 Worth was at quarterback. And what did you think about the two quarterback system? I mean. Uh, Marty Rogers seemed to to do it with his legs, and Curtis, uh, you know, with his arm. I mean, is this a, a viable way for the Bobcats to try to find success this season, or do you think that they have to go to either one or the other? Uh, so we, so my dad talked about this during the game. So basically, with Warwick, he can pass and run, but he's more of the passer, and that's what he was coming out of the his college in Canada when he followed his brother here but but he does not fit Frank's system. Frank likes to run the ball, do the option, the run option pass system and that's what the Rogers is more of a running quarterback actually if you watch the game you could tell that he did not, he does not throw much especially at first pass which I almost died laughing how bad that was, and but and again, yeah, so I, mean, I would stick with Warwick over him. We are also so unless you want to sub Rogers out. So a third string, according to the OhioBobcats.com, it has C.J. Harris listed as third string and Vinton County former Vinton County's quarterback Nate Nayland Yates as fourth mm-hmm. string. Right. 
Yeah, and maybe it's just getting to. It is like you began the uh, the show with you know. It is a weird 2020 year. You had the power go out. Uh, you know, Half it was, time was like five minutes because the power went out. Right. I mean, everything was one, just. It's it was been one off. TV break. It's what halftime was because they took it early. They took a normal tournament halftime, and then there was a one, and then they just did the normal three minute TV break between the second quarter and third quarter, which was unusual. Was there? I mean, I wasn't able to. I was actually inside eating at the time that it happened for the power outage. But um, did the like the TV feed go off? Did the radio feed like shut off? Was the entire power out, or was it just the lights that turned out? Yeah, I think it was just a lot. So from what they, from what ESPN said on air after they came back, so first it went to they it went red, and then they went to a commercial, and then they came back. They said it was a campus ride power outage, but the press box, the stadium lights, and all of campus on their circuits all went out. The brand new building where the locker rooms are held, mm-hmm. and the new scoreboard that was put in two years ago, which is the largest in the MAC, was on a different circuit or on generators, and that stayed on. Gotcha. And there's, no, and there's no cause of the outage has not came out. I don't, I, or at least I haven't heard. I don't know. Overall, you know, it's not a, a huge deal. You know, I mean, obviously, you don't want the power to go out to begin with, uh, but nobody was hurt, nobody was injured, and yeah, you still played to all four quarters of football. At least it, the only thing was Ohio. It was third and goal for Ohio. We came back and scored two plays late after the halftime break, but Ohio was about. To, Make it twenty twenty going into halftime, right when the power it was that was right it was good. So Ohio was about to score. TV cameras, everything goes out. Rush went off the air. What because rush was cut off because of power now in the press box. Mm-hmm. And then they cleared the field. Is when ESPN got a feedback and said that they were clearing the field, taking halftime now. Yeah, just because the they did not know how long the power outage would last, and the stadium light took twenty minutes to turn on, is what ESPN said. So you did have a little bit of a an extended break, but just a weird, weird beginning to the Mid American Conference season. A little weird stuff. This is not the first. This is not the first time for Frank Solich. I guess at least on one of the Nebraska Kansas games. Nebraska was ranked number one. Frank Solich was assistant on then Tom Oswin, Nebraska coaching staff, and that power went out midway through the game at Kansas. That was in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens, you know. But, um, you know, with, with the Bobcats again, this for the amount of mistakes that they made, I thought that just to be in the game at the end of the uh end of the fourth quarter was was still pretty good uh, obviously you know you had all the penalties you had the, the turnover issues uh but central michigan did not look as impressive as i thought that they might have especially if they were picked to win their division yeah, well they were also underdogs the last night boys and they came out and won so i mean it's kind of goes both ways there the line was Ohio was favored, but to begin the week, Central was favored to begin the weekend, and Ohio was favored only by two and a half. And Trevor, uh, that's why you never time. follow the money in betting. My pro tip to you. Maybe tell that to Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
what did you think about the running back situation for the Bobcats? Because it, DeMontre Tuggle you know, carried the, the load for Ohio. 16 carries, 79 yards, and, of course, got the touchdown. But it was really O'Shawn Allison who was you know, predominantly featured in last year's offense. Yeah, so Tuggle also had that 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So he had two touchdowns on the game. Isaiah Cox was only two. So Tuggle had more carries, but Cox went over the century mark with only four carries in a score. Both? Wait. Yeah, receiving. Isaiah Cox receiving. receiving. I was looking at the wrong thing. I was looking at receiving instead of rushing, so... Rogers, Rogers rushed for 32 yards. The back of uh, the second quarterback, Curtis, did not rush very well. Negative 19 yards, one yard, one positive yard for long. Even though it means all his rushes, he could rush for five yards, but it would be negative yardage. So it would be right. Got got hit. He got sacked a lot. Um... You know, but the eight carries, negative 19 yardage. Uh, and he did have one big run at the end of the of the game as time was winding down, but a, a crucial penalty negated it. And that took Ohio out of field goal range. I'm not sure what Ohio's field goal range was based on the way that our special teams played yesterday. A right. kicker missed, so a kicker missed the 45-yarder. Was what after the Adam Lerman penalty, and then but he had a distance but pulled the first kick, which was from 37 yards, which was five yards in. Mm-hmm. So by he has it, he can exactly see what he needs because he had the distance on that one kick, and then he totally missed the other kick. It's like if you're playing football games and turn the other kicker to go to the sideline is what that last kick looked like. Right, right. Um, obviously, whenever you have, you know, Zervos, um, you know, you had a, a talented special teams, you know, for a couple of years, and it's going to be an adjustment from the, the previous, you know, guys who've done well, and then the, uh, uh, you know, new crew that's going in there in Vandenberg and, and Wilson. Yeah, so Wilson, the punny, he's from the... He's from Australia. He's also the special teams holder, and the first, the only PAT that was missed was the ball was faced, the laces were facing the kicker, and that's the number one rule in kicking. You never kick the laces since the hard. So he has time to learn, especially with, like I've been saying to you guys in most of the year, since everyone is basically redshirting this year, uh, because everyone gets a additional year back if they choose to return mm-hmm. next year. So it's a ton. It's basically you're playing games that count, but it's in a season. But you're also getting an extra season that you have players to improve. The next next year, every team in the country should be even even better than they where they are right now. Yeah, I think so too. You know, um, but the season isn't over yet. I mean, still got five more games here, and uh, for Ohio, you know, if they clean up the penalties. You know, I, I think that the only team that could beat them really is is themselves, because uh, if they're hanging in with the favorite in Central Michigan, you know, by the coaches' standards, uh, you know, it, it's 
it only goes up from here for the Bobcats, I think. Yeah, especially if you get Akron at home on Tuesday night. That game's going to be 7 o'clock. 6 o'clock on the air is when Rush will hit the airwaves, and that's going to be on CBS Sports Network. Mm-hmm. The Zips have lost 18 straight games. They're not very Their good. Their last, Akron's last win was October 27th. 2018 at home versus Central Michigan. It was it was a Saturday game, and they lost. So they lost 12 straight last year, and then they lost five straight in, in 2018. Oh, Ohio won last year, 52 to three. That's uh, at Akron. So not good for the uh, not good for the Zips, and I don't know which coach had put Akron as the. Uh, Akron got a first place vote in the coaches poll. I mean. You saw that, right? Yes, I saw that. And it's weird <laughs> it's... because in the spring, Ohio was once again favorite in both polls. What happened? That's what I've been COVID saying, Trevor. Time. Nothing changed between then and now, but uh, right. everybody uh, moved Ohio down the third. I don't know what uh, what really played into that. But, yeah, Akron getting a vote, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, either Only a twice play with Akron, who <laughs> has lost 18 straight, will get a first-place vote to win the division. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... That's something. Uh, Trevor, before we let you go here, any updates on the high school basketball season? Because uh, yeah. as we get closer and closer, yeah, I, I believe last year it started around the 25th for uh, for Athens Bulldog basketball. And, of course, we got uh, Brad and we got uh, Joey calling the game of the week on WXTQ. But come on, what, 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 are the, uh, what are the Bulldogs got in store for us? They open with five straight difficult games they, because in the – so they have scrimmages going planned, but those are closed to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be limited attendance, 300 people, just like football. The 15% of the gym or 300 people. It's what, it's just, it worked perfect for volleyball. There was no complaints. But not many fans would be there, so that's good that we have you guys calling the games again. Yeah. Uh, they open at one, a team which they ended a 20-some game losing streak last year. Great too. Uh, the preseason tournament has been canceled at Zane Trey. Mm-hmm. Either Zane Trey or Zane Trey. It's one of those two absences and it's been canceled due to COVID trying to get teams in and teams out. Uh, I can just email you the schedule later yeah. after this. Yeah. Because then as soon as we get the schedule, I'll reach out to Athens Athletic Director and we'll make sure that we have a plan going forward and, of course, bring some Bulldog basketball back to the airwaves of 970 WATH and then the power station as well, Power 105. But, Trevor, really appreciate you calling in. Always uh, got to get the stats, got to get in the know, and, and you're the guy who knows around here. Before I go, I want to give a shout-out to the Athens High School cross-country team. They're going to state on Saturday, so I'm one of the assistant coaches, so I'm proud of you guys. Congrats. Hard work has been paid off since June. Congrats, you guys. And that's uh, always great to see, you know, because we we talk a lot about football, we talk a lot about basketball, and of course when baseball season rolls around, but there are other sports out there, and there there are other sports that are succeeding right here in Athens County, so it's good to hear that the Bulldogs are going to the, the state's uh, in cross country. So congratulations to you, Coach Stevens. Thank you, you guys. Thanks, Trevor. By the way, my records, Max Preps, take it for what you will. 
first game was a um, November 29th last year. Okay. Because I think, was that Athens who had the whenever? Yeah, Athens played Gallia Academy on Friday, the 29th, right after Thanksgiving. I believe that's within when that would have been. Gotcha. All right, well, we'll take a short break. we got J.L. Curvin coming up in the second half of the show as J.L. was covering that game remotely for the Bobcats. And, uh, of course, you just heard from Trevor Stevens, Athens statistician, Athens uh, very own. I don't even know. Can he define what, what Trevor knows, what he doesn't know? He seems like he knows everything. Um, but it, it's always great to talk to Trevor uh, each time he calls in. We'll be right back. It's a sportsman on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Better than any alarm, post-morning workout reward gets you through the this could have been an email meeting meal is yours at McDonald's. Mix and match two of your breakfast favorites, like the crispy chicken biscuit, crispy chicken McGriddles, or sausage McMuffin with egg for just $4, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Single item at regular price. Valid when product served. Local folks have been coming to White's Mill for generations, and chances are it's where your great-grandparents had their corn ground into meal or feed. Today, White's Mill has been renovated into the most unique retail space around. You'll find everything from local thrown pottery, Native American jewelry and leather goods, to growing supplies, pet supplies, and all your bird-feeding needs. White's Mill, because great service never gets old. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and, better yet, 1.5 miles after the Richland Avenue roundabout on 682. Be sure to follow Power 105 and 970 WATH on Instagram for contests, upcoming events, and a whole lot more fun stuff. Search Power 105 underscore 97 WATH on Instagram to get in on the action. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Hey, welcome back into the Sports Fan right here on the 970s at WATH. Mills and the Mike along with Joe Medore, and we're going up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. We do have a call on the line, and caller, you are live. Welcome on to the Sports Fan. Good evening, gentlemen. How, How you doing, sir? I'm fine as frog hair twice split. <laughs> Well, I mean, you were watching the Bobcats game last night. You said you want to talk about the defense. What do you got for yeah. us? If the, if the passing defense don't soar up, they're going to be in long season. Yeah, they did get picked apart at times last cool. night. Uh, they uh, give up a lot of big plays down the field as well. And it's been an issue the past couple of years. I mean, they definitely had the offense here these past few years that is, uh, can really win them some ball games. But there's some games that have slipped away because of uh, – and pass defense is definitely a big issue for them right now. Yes, it is. It's, it's, well, it's always been that way at the start of the years. Yeah, it's but it seems like they start out slow, and then the defense gets better and better, at least in my couple of years here at the university. You know, it seems like 
uh, the defense kind of develops as the year goes along. But at times, you know, with a six-week season, uh, you got to win these early games. And you know, now they're down 0-1 with only five left to go. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They better get their heads in the game. And, uh, I, you know, because when I was, every pass they would throw, it was completed 90, 99.9% of the time. Yeah. Right, and I mean, another big thing, there were a lot of missed tackles last night, and I don't know how much played into the fact that, you know, they haven't had the opportunity to play a game, you know, for this long, just not waiting to start the season until November. But tackling was definitely an issue last night. That's something you hope gets better the more contact these guys have. But they're definitely going to have to shore themselves up here. They have Akron next week. They should take care of business there. But then you got another big one with Miami. That's on the road. So that's going to be, you know, another tough road test. And, you know, if they drop that one, you can pretty much, you know, kiss any – kind of MAC championship hopes you have. Goodbye, probably. Yeah, well, they played Miami away last year. Well, how come they're not at home this year with them? Uh, it's probably because of COVID and everything. I mean, home away this year I don't think matters too much because yeah, there's no fans except for friends and family, uh, really just family uh, out out of the stadiums. But um, yeah, I, in a regular season after this year, I, I would hope that you know, Miami comes our way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just hoping. Yeah, I'm a WVU alumni, but I've told the coaches, I said, as long as you don't play WVU, I got you back. There you go. The Mountaineers are on the rise here right now. Oh, yeah, they got tough defense, too. Yeah, that they do. That they do. Yep. Are they ranked? Okay. I forget. Uh, is WV, uh, is West Virginia ranked right now? Or are they uh, I'd have to no. check the AP poll. No, they're not. I don't no, think they're so. not ranked. Four and two, having a good season. I mean, they're still, you know, second year with their coach uh, program that's slowly but surely building itself back. They'll, they'll be back up to the top of the Big Ten here in a few years, I'm sure. The Big 12, yeah. Big 12, yeah, Big 12, yeah. They have 10 teams, though. It's all confusing with the numbers now. I know. <laughs> all right, you guys. Y'all have a good night. And one more thing. What's Who that? day, every day. <laughs> Who day, every day. Who go day. Cincinnati, go Bengals. That's my team. Since 1969, I've been a Bengals fan. Yeah, and a lot of optimism. As we talked off there, a lot of optimism around Cincinnati. Yes, there is. If they get an offensive line to protect Joey, they're going to be tough. Yeah, that's a fact. They need an offensive line, which the last week they had a, what, a, a patchwork line and protected him, and they won? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like they were pulling guys off the street there for uh, to <laughs> have guys to block last week. I think they did. <laughs> I hope they keep them. Right, right. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for calling in. All right, and I'll turn, I'll turn the radio back on and listen to the rest of the show. You got it. Thanks Y'all for listening. Y'all have a good evening, man. You too. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it brings up a good point. I mean, the defense has been the Achilles heel of the team the past couple of years. I mean, with with you know we won't go from one work to the other but going back to nathan you know that offense is always was always flowing and you know they always found ways to put up you know 20 30 40 points consistently it seems like they have the, the ability to do that this year uh you know curtis throwing the ball down the field he looked good for sure he was hitting his guys in stride making some deep shots down the field the touchdown the to cox was right on the was right on the dime uh the one the hooks in the end zone was another great throw he made a good throw to lorman early in the game i think it was his first completion he made up made a great catch um yeah, but the defense, man, I mean, they, they just got picked apart at times last time, last night. And, you know, a lot of missed tackles, I mentioned. And, you know, that I think, as I just said, that comes with, you know, not having contact at this point this season. But it's something you're going to have to get shored up. Because, like I said, you have Akron next week. You should 
handle business there, take care of them. But Miami's no joke. I mean, they just had a great come from behind win against Ball State last night. Ball State's a great team. Um, so you're going to have to figure some things out fast. Right. And obviously, you know, Miami is, they were the Mid American Conference champions last year. Yeah, and they bring back a lot on their offense. Uh, but we mentioned, you know, with the defense, with the slow starts last year, you know, it was Rhode Island and was, uh, no, it was the year before that. Who? When did uh, we have to make that quarterback change in the beginning? It's Howard. That was Howard. Freshman year. Yeah, that was uh, that was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but you know the defense. Yeah, they hopefully they get better as they uh, come along. But as of right now, we'll bring on the post sports editor and our good friend J L Curvin. J L, how are you? Doing pretty good, Connor. How about yourself? We're doing all right, J L. We uh, we had a caller talking about the defense a little bit. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll start right there. Of course, it was a 30-27 to 27 loss for the Bobcats uh, to Central Michigan. The Bobcats have not had a whole lot of success against CMU uh, during Frank's tenure. But I, I think they're 1-9 right now. But still, uh, you know, what, what did you see, J.L.? Uh, specifically out of the defense, um, well, two, two major hinders for Ohio, even just going into the game, was the fact that starting nose tackle Kai Caesar and starting free safety Alvin Floyd weren't even able to make the trip. So, you know, just going into a game against Central Michigan, the, the Bobcats were shorthanded. And you definitely sort of – you definitely saw the loss of those two players play a big role. I mean, Ohio didn't have a sack, didn't have a turnover. And, uh, you know, Jameson Collier, who who stepped in for Floyd, you know, he was, he was the guy who got beat on a couple of those deep bombs from Central Michigan. And, you know, what about the play from Austin Conrad, though? Because he stepped up huge down late in that game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Conrad, Will Evans early. The defensive line was able to make some plays in the in the run game when it, when it really counted. I mean, Kobe Lewis did end up having a good night. But, you know, to get that fourth, fourth down stand at the end of the game, I mean, that was really a play by Jaron Hampton. But... Conrad was all over the place, and he really did put OU still in a chance to win the game, even though, you know, things really weren't going the way that the defense wanted for most of the night. And you, you talked about, you know, missing a couple of players shorthanded. Were those, I don't know if they went and, and disclosed if they were injuries or if it was COVID-related, uh, but do you know why they, they did not make the trip? Mainly banged up. Uh, Kurt Daniger, starting right guard, didn't make the trip. Ty Walton, starting slot receiver didn't make the trip like OU definitely had some uh, key losses going into this game that obviously you know paid a role because you know quarterbacks got sacked five times you know um, you know weapons were limited so losing those guys really paid a really hurt the Bobcats late in the game now, Jay, I'll flip it over to the other side of the ball. What, what, what did you think of the, the idea of, you know, I think we saw it coming. There was going to be two quarterbacks. What was your perception on, on how they were used? Did you like the way that they did that? And do you think moving forward we're going to see them start to lean to one guy over the other? So I was a huge fan of it early. <laughs> but once, once it became apparent that Curtis was really struggling running the read option, mm -hmm. It became it became very predictable what Armani was going to do when he came into the game, you know. Um, the second Armani was able to come in, the the run game opened up, which was great for Demontre Tuggle, O'Shawn Allison, but he really wasn't able to, you know, get the receivers involved. I mean, he only went one for three, so it's still too early to really critique Armani's arm. But having those two quarterbacks 
it just it really limited Ohio's offense because obviously Curtis felt more comfortable with the passing part of the offense and Armani felt more comfortable with the rushing part of the offense. And if you're a defensive coordinator and you're you know you're basically getting a tail by who's ever taking the snap, it's gonna make it's gonna make play calling just that much harder for you. And and that's why offense that's why Ohio's offense really just, you know, just stuttered in the in the second half. Right, absolutely, and it's obviously an, uh, an issue if you can tell which quarterback's in, you know, what's going to be coming at you. But focus on the positive. You know, Curtis, he slung the rock around a little bit, had some big completions down the field, threaded the needle a couple times for a couple touchdowns. What did you like that you saw out of him and his passing game in his first start? Oh, yeah, I mean, they call him the Maple Missile. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that was definitely a name. That was definitely a nickname he, he lived up to yesterday. yesterday. His 21-yarder to Shane Hooks was a beauty. Um, the, the bomb to Isaiah was perfect on the money. He has some really nice passes to the twins down the middle. You know, um, he's got the touch. He's definitely, he's got that division one arm. He, he tends to hold onto the ball a little bit too long. So, but that's something that, you know, that's, that's not really uncommon for young quarterbacks. You know, they still want to, they, they tend to want to see the play develop a little bit more than hitting a guy in stride. So I feel like that's something he'll, he'll work through with more reps. But in terms of just putting the ball on the money, he's he's definitely got it. Yeah, and you know, with with Curtis again, you got the pass. With with Armani, you have the run. Did they just not have a whole lot of passing opportunities for Armani Rogers, or uh, did they just really prefer to run the ball with him? Because again, one for three, not a whole lot of yards. But um, you don't really want to to give that tell to the defense just by which quarterback is in. Exactly. And, I mean, a lot of Armani's drives were really plagued by penalties. You know, Ohio had 11 for 74. You know, you just you can't win games like that. You know, if you're starting to drive off with a holding and you're, and you're deep, you know, you got to go second and 15, you're wondering if Curtis needs to come back into the game, it's just going to really stifle your offense. So that was something that Frank was really big on yesterday, just about how penalties just kept killing drives. You know, even that last – that last possible game-winning drive, you know, you know, Curtis is able to pick up that first down and gets clawed back, and then he gets put into an, a terrible situation for a young quarterback to try to win a game in. If that doesn't get called, which you know, I don't know about you guys, you know, watching at home on ESPN, I, I felt like that that call on Gary Hoover was a bit questionable. But um, yeah, turn penalties were were just huge drive killers for OU, and when you're trying to figure out what your play calling is trying to figure out, you know, what's comfortable with a guy, but then you also have to worry about, well, can he throw on second and 13 or second and 14? You know, it's just going to make that much – it's just going to put that much more pressure on your offense. JL, we knew coming into the season that the running back group was a group they felt good about, the depth they had, and they wanted to rotate, you know, possibly three guys in there. But, you know, Tuggle last year seemed more like a third-down guy, two-minute type of guy, but he was the feature back last night. Is that a trend that you see continuing moving forward after that performance? Essentially, yes, because we had a, I talked to Coach Alvin a, a couple weeks ago, and one thing that really stuck out to me was that he said that he considers the offense a one-back offense, mm-hmm. but just with guys that, like, can just get plugged in. So the fact that he actually looked at actually having a starter was kind of intriguing to me because, yeah, like, O'Shawn, he only got four carries. So, you know, just if Demontre continues to have – you know, games like he did, I mean, aside from that fumble, he had a pretty good game. I could see him actually becoming more of the feature back when 
O'Shawn and Julian Ross and Jabari Portis are more of just sort of um, complimentary guys, third down backs. And we talked a little bit about it with Trevor Stevens when he called in earlier on the program, but, you know, Tuggle really was, yes, he did it well on the, uh, on the ground, but as a kick returner, you know, it goes 97 yards and it returns that uh, kickoff for a touchdown. I mean, that was the kick return. Uh, the last one was uh, D.L. Knock uh, back, what was that, last year, two years ago for a kick return? 2018. Yeah, first 20, 2018. 2018. But Tuggle seemed phenomenal last night, besides the oh, turnover. Yeah, absolutely. Even, if, even the first two he, yeah. he had, they looked like he could have broken it, so like that's definitely, I mean, if you're if you're watching film on the OU, do not keep the Demontre Tuggle because he's definitely, he's grown in that department. I Those first two really impressed me. It was something that I thought I would keep my eye on. I didn't think he would go 93 yards, but, um, you know, he knows how to find the scenes and get upfield, and he can set up short field for OU. That's really going to help their offense. Hey, Jay, are these, Jay, are these freaking kickers going to get better as these weeks go on, or is this a trend we're going to see? Because uh, it was pretty bad at times last night across the entire league, not just in uh, the game, obviously, Ohio played in last night. But, yeah, I mean. Uh, Entirety of the Mid-American Conference. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. bad. It was um, It was definitely a spectacle. OU's <laughs> definitely, missing, <laughs> definitely missing Louis Zervos. You know, you're a football team, you, you have a good kicker, give them, give them a hug, really appreciate them because um, – yeah, uh, you know Tristan Vandenberg. He had a he had a rough night. And so did so did Jack Wilson punting the ball. Uh, post game, you know Frank he was he was he was really high on those guys. He said you know that's not what they're about. I've seen them in practice. You know this they're just young. They're inexperienced. You know they just got to get used to those bright lights. So yeah, you know um, it's it's not a good sign when you know you're you're missing extra extra points. You you know have to bang them in back to back messes. I mean elf. El- um, Central Michigan's coach Jim McElwain, he didn't even want to. He didn't even want that flag. He was just like, "Hey, you already missed it. Like, let's just move on. We got a second chance." And <laughs> right. still shanked it. So, you know, um, I don't think it's something that's going to plague Ohio the entire season. I think, I think Solich is going to work around it. Um, hopefully, he can put him into some situations against against teams like Akron or Bowling Green, where you know maybe he can. Maybe nail in a couple thirty yarders, get his confidence up. But um, yeah, he's a, you know he's a freshman. He's gonna he's gonna struggle. He's gonna get his bumps. It, it happens. But um, yeah, you you hate to see it in a, in a game that close where you know he makes that extra pointer, makes that field goal. You know, talking about Ohio victory right now. Right, and and in his post game conference, you know Frank Solich said, "Listen, you, you kick the field goal, you have your extra point. There's four points right there, and you win 31-30. Uh, but obviously, you know, the three-point loss, 30-27 again to Central Michigan last night. What does it mean to you, J.O., that this team, you know, with as as not as crisp, I'll, I'll put it that way, not as crisp as they you know, might have wanted to be, um, they could have still come away with a win against a talented Central Michigan team? It's very, it's very a good feeling. I mean, um... You know, the tackling was a huge issue in the first half, and that just completely was a, a turnaround. In the second half, guys started keeping their heads up, um, you know, making good plays. Jaron Hampton's tackle on fourth down was fantastic. Xavier Motley had a great had a great tackle near the goal line that, you know, made Central Michigan have to settle for a field goal. So you definitely like seeing them improve there. Curtis seemed to get more settled as the game goes on. So, you know, that's what you want 
out of a first game. Obviously, you want to win it, but the main thing is you really want to just see that improvement throughout the games. And then, you know, if you're able to get those guys that you didn't have back, this is going to make your team even better. But if I was the Bobcats right now, you know, I was obviously, you know, it's rough. Six-game season, you can't really afford a loss. But it's definitely, it's definitely a, a lot to take away from this game to still be optimistic about. Right, Jay. On you know, obviously you never want to start the season off with a loss, but you know maybe this is a little bit better because you're going to play Akron next week, and obviously that's a very easy team to overlook, especially when you have Miami, the rivalry, and that's going to be a big game in determining who plays in a MAC championship game. So you know perhaps this loss helps you stay a little bit more focused this week, and then they can you know stay solely focused on Akron, not peek ahead to the Miami game because if you come away with a second loss, I mean your 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 title hopes are pretty much done before they even get started. Exactly. So, you know, going into Akron, yeah, you don't want to overlook them. You know, they're they're hungry. They want to win. You know, they were com- they were competitive early against Western Michigan, and then that game, you know, sort of blew wide open. But um, yeah, you, you know, it's been a weird year. Definitely don't want to definitely don't want to um overlook anybody. But the Bobcats really do need to figure themselves out next week. Um, personally, I do think Curtis is going to start getting more of the keys to offense. Obviously. You know, Frank wanted him to have the ball with the, you know, with the game on the line. So he's he's liking what he's seen so far. And if he's getting more reps in practice, hopefully his struggles with the read option will continue to improve. Five sacks for the defense for Central Michigan. Uh, is there a way to shore up that offensive line to kind of protect Curtis or maybe even Armani, uh, you know, moving forward? Well, Kurt Daniger whatever his return will be, will be a huge, will be a huge, you know, boost. You know, this offensive line, it's got a bunch, it's experienced guys, but not experienced in the terms of, like, game snaps. Like, they've been around, they know what it entails, they've been in practice, they've been in a few games, but now you're talking about guys who were backups having to, to deal a starter's role. Kurt Daniger has a lot of those starter's reps, so when he comes in, you know, he's really going to sure up that, that rush up the middle, helping out Brett Cottrell. But um, part of those sacks, I mean, like, Curtis Curtis had time. Just, you know, sometimes you just got to get the ball out faster. You know, they can't block them all day. So, you know, you, you sure up that offensive line by getting Daniker back. Curtis gets the ball out a little bit quicker. Doesn't always have to, you know, look for the home run, the, you know, the killer. You just sort of get out some of those short passes, free up the off, free up the, the running backs a little bit more. It'll take some pressure off and, you know, you won't have to deal with those third and nine obvious blitzing situations for a young quarterback. And before we let you go, the next game coming up is against Akron, and we all know how dangerous Akron can be. They did receive a vote in the uh, the coaches' poll. They could have been a first place team, JL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I would, yeah. I, I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, that's probably the biggest. Biggest mystery in the MAC right now. Who, who voted for Akron? But um, oh, but, but yeah, you know, Mac Maction is Maxion is just great. You know, starting the year off on an onside kick, the power goes out. Like, this is a conference that you can really do. You can just never, you can just never really take for granted. So you know, Akron's gonna come in hungry, wanting that win. OU definitely has a lot to prove. They can still. They can still win this thing, win five in a row, but um, you know, next week is really where not only do you want to win, 
you want to you want to figure out what the direction of this offense is going to be because you know these obvious situations with Curtis being in the game or with Armani being in the game is not going to help Ohio beat teams like Miami or Buffalo. Right, JL. That's why they give them their own night of the week because of the spectacle that the MAC is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing like Maction. Nothing like Mac, and it's good that the Mac is back. And, J.O., it's good to have you back on the program, and we'll talk with you on, I guess, on uh, Wednesday next week with a Tuesday game. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. J.O. Kerwin, the sports editor of The Post, and a good friend. And uh, it's good to have J.L. Uh, on the radio with us today. Uh, but we'll take another short break right here on The Sports Fan. We'll wrap up the program after that. And then, of course, your calls at some 4059266646. This is 970WATH. Fruit has curbside pickup. Call your fruit to place a curbside order today. Simply call Fruit General Store or Fruit Pharmacy and tell our friendly fruit associates what you need. Once your order is ready, a fruit associate will let you know you can come pick up. Upon arrival, call your store and a staff member will bring your purchase to your car. Thanks for shopping with us. Fruit is proud to be a part of your community. Visit us at fruitpharmacy.com. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. Stay on top of the news every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 at 97.1 FM, WATH. Truck lovers, listen up. Whether you want it dressed up, hooked up, jacked up, or souped up, Trucks by Design can fix you up. From high-pressure spray and bed liners, DOT safety lightings, step bars and hitches, to suspension and body lifts, performance parts and accessories, and aftermarket wheels and tires. Trucks by Design has you Tano covered. Find them on Facebook and at 16645 Cannonville Hills Road, Cannonville. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Hey, it's the Sports Fan right here. 970 WATH, 649 on the clock, 11th day, or the 5th day of the 11th month, November 5th. Mills and Mike with Joe Medor, Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. It was the open for the Mid-American Conference yesterday. Eastern Michigan fell to Kent State 27-23. Western Michigan downs Akron 58-13. Buffalo over NIU. That's a big win for uh, Buffalo 49-30. Ohio falls to Central Michigan 30-27. Ball State loses by 7 to Miami of Ohio 38-31. And then Bowling Green and Toledo. Toledo knocks off Bowling Green 
38-3. to As you might expect, a lot of points in the first night back. Uh, not a good night for the defenses. No, not unless that you're a defense for Western Michigan or Bowling Green. Uh, th those two teams kept well, kept another 15-point score. Well, you know, they're playing Akron and Bowling Green. I, you know, we don't know if I'm patting myself on the back after holding them to 3 and 13, respectively. But uh, it was a good opening night. Couple close, a lot of close ball games, actually. Um, you know, it kind of went all to plan. I, the only underdog that I think covered was Miami, and I think it was only because it was a pick 'em game. I think Miami was plus one. They ended up winning by a touchdown. Uh, that was a heck of a game. Ball State was leading pretty much the entire way, and Miami mounted a nice little comeback there in the fourth quarter. Not to peek ahead, but that you know that's uh, that's the next big matchup for Ohio, Week Three, and it's really going to determine if uh, the year this is the year that they uh, finally end that that MAC championship drought. But uh, you know Miami has returned a lot of their a lot of their good players. They benched Gabbert last night. Uh, they got a veteran receiving core, and I mean the backup uh, looks like Meyer came in and he, he played pretty well. 26 to, or 16 24 excuse me 212 yards and three touchdowns and on the other side ball state very explosive offense as well uh there's two pretty good mac teams going out of week one it was a really good game yeah on the other side you had the uh, quarterback plit for ball state 19 to 32 309 yards a touchdown and a interception uh but yeah gabbert 58 76 yards no touchdowns um uh, but mayor just comes in throws three touchdowns i mean that's that's a spark plug that you need if you're the uh, the Red Hawks of Miami. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're going to be another tough team. Don't forget this team that won the MAC last year. Very quietly, it seemed like uh, just out of nowhere, it was just a you know Central Michigan versus uh, uh, Central Michigan versus Miami kind of random MAC championship there. But uh, this Miami team returned a lot of guys off that team last year, and you know they had a freshman quarterback came into Ohio, beat them. That pretty much punched their ticket to be able to go, and uh, they took advantage of it. And, you know, again, on the schedule for the Bobcats, Akron next week, 7 o'clock. That's on the CBS Sports Network. Or, yeah, you can listen to it on the radio right on their sister station, WXTQ Power 105. That's a flagship for the Bobcats. Miami of Ohio on the 17th, Bowling Green on the 28th, Buffalo on the 5th, and December 12th features a road game at Kent State. Uh, but there's an opportunity here for the Bobcats to still go in there and get to the uh, – Mid-American Conference Championship game. Uh, got to beat Miami. Really, you got to beat everybody on, on the schedule now. Uh, but I think Miami be and ideal. I mean, you know, Buffalo th this is the be Mac, man. So much weird stuff happens. Uh, you know, somebody slips up against, you know, Bowling Green shockingly beats Miami out of nowhere or something like that. It's, uh, it's weird. It uh, never seems to go exactly according to plan. Uh, I think the, the schedule kind of shapes out well here. You get Akron, kind of a tune-up game before you play Miami going to beat Miami. Hopefully you're not on a hangover if you do win that game, but then you get another kind of cupcake at home against Bowling Green right before you go in to play Buffalo, who's going to be another another tough matchup for them. And Kent State's no pushover either. Um, yeah, I mean, they got two of the tougher uh, opponents there out of the out of the west side of the uh, the league there. But, um, yeah, we'll see what they're made of. Again, you, you alluded to it. They weren't, they weren't exactly crisp last night playing against a team projected to win, you know, the west division of the MAC and, you know, they took a game all they could handle, and they had a shot. I mean, Curtis made a pretty darn good throw on that fourth down play. It was a good play by the DB. Uh, Lorman just wasn't able to haul it in there. It would have been a first down had he, had he caught it. And it was a fourth and 15. He threw a rope in there. I like that nickname, the, uh, the Maple, Maple Missile. Whistle. That's a good one. Whoever yeah. came up with that one. I don't know. I mean, he got Tuggle for the uh, – 
Tuggle TD? What, what's the... Uh, Tuggle Tutty. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not as big on that one as... Uh, it, it looks nice on the hashtag, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I get little, the marketing and all that. But the problem with Tutty for me is people started using it last year. Like, I, I don't know. Whoever invented it should get a huge kind of... A lot of money because everyone <laughs> started saying Tutty for touchdown. Right. And I just think it got a little overused. So I'm well, kind of just, out. Just I'm kind of out on it, but... I mean, no, no, no. Across the uh, nation, people uh, say uh, tutty now. Like, you know, you'll be watching ESPN, and they'll say 69 yards for the tutty or whatever. It's, And I remember AP and Gridiron Glory last year, every single person would find some way to incorp- incorporate tutty into their highlight calls. I was like, guys, can we use other words for touchdowns, please? <laughs> I'm tired of hearing tutty all the time. Right. But you can use it to Montre, tuggle, tuggle, tutty. That works fine. And, of course, you heard the uh, the touchdown call from Russ for the first time in a long time. You know, six of the cats. Right. Uh, they opened up the drive. Dang. Yeah. That, well, that's more of a basketball. I mean, he uses it for uh, for football, too, I think. Yeah. Um, that, that's more of a basketball call for him, um, in which you know, I'm, I'm still excited to listen to some uh, some Bobcat basketballs. Is that should be right around the corner, too. I wonder what they're going to do with, with Russ. I mean, do you bring in Marty Bannister? Do you bring in you know somebody else when you have a little bit of overlap between football and, and basketball? And uh, where do you send Russ? Is he going to be the football guy? Or is he going to be the basketball Russ guy? Russ just may be a busy guy. <laughs> well, it's, that's going to be a good thing to um, to be at this point, right? Maybe they'll call you up. I don't know about me. I, I mean, I'd love to get the call. Don't get me wrong. But... I hear you. Me, uh, why don't, maybe we can petition for that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, you're you're more well known among athletics than I am, but well, not as well known as uh, say a Marty Bannister. Well, you know, that's a professional there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> He's, uh, he's pretty good. I talked to him the other day. Um, he's actually calling the Shady Side and the Newark Catholic game, uh, which is tomorrow at 7 o'clock, uh, and that will be hosted by Newark Catholic because uh, the higher seed hosts, if they got a choice, i, I got to imagine that Newark Catholic is going to host that game instead of go to a neutral site, but that's the regional semifinals in Division 7, Region 27. Uh, yeah, Trimble was close. They, they almost got there, but Newark Catholic was, was better. Uh, Trimble has never beaten Newark Catholic, and at this point, you know they got to wait until next year to to avenge that loss. But they got a good team coming up. Uh, but yeah, Marty's going to go out call that game. I think he's on Spectrum, uh, so he's he's not on the radio. I think he's on the the Spectrum, uh, which is the affiliate of the OHSAA. That's the uh, what is that? Sole sponsor, sole uh, broadcast rights. Right. Yeah, it's kind of funny how in D seven it's pretty much one versus two across the board, and then just. Little region down southeast Ohio, you get a you get a little five seven action there in the uh, in the regional final. Yeah, that would have been a good game to go to too. I mean, that was a um, who won in in, in D six. The um, obviously two weeks ago, Fort Fry's playing Cold Grove. Is that what Fort Fry Cold Grove. Yeah. So Cold Grove beat um, uh, Fairland. Yeah, the okay. way. Oh, wait, wait, I, I could be wrong about that. Never mind, I'm sorry. I thought they I were thinking, on the opposite side of the bracket. I was thinking wrong there. I think it's Fort Fry Fairland. Fort Fry Fairland? Yeah, uh, but Fairland won a close one. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull up that result right there because the uh, Region 23, let's see what we got here. Uh, in the regional finals for Region 23, it is Proctorville Fairland, the three seed against the number one seed, Beverly Fort right. Fry. What was the Cole Grove score? Cole Grove score was 27 to 12. So you'd have to think, not to yeah. not to poke the bear here, but <laughs> I'm already poked. Uh, <laughs> I was poked when the uh, if the Buckeyes were able to not get uh, hosed, um, perhaps they, they'd 
you know. Yeah. But you, I, <laughs> again, still they, a sore subject, I imagine. A couple of weeks later. Yeah. If it's a sore subject for me, just imagine you know the guys who actually went out there and played that game. And you know, I tried to call it fair and neutral, but uh, Heath and I were obviously upset about that call, and we we were talking about it was horrible. Yeah. It was. It was horrible. I mean, there's just no other way about it. But we're not wearing they got, the stripes. They got Mike Golick to say it was horrible. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so it's not just us. It's not just, you know, you know Nelsonville, York fans. It's everybody. It's okay. <laughs> Fourth Rival Boat Race, Fairland, anyway, it won't be. Yeah. I mean, now you get the pro- – but you're in the regional finals. You know, you're still yeah, I mean, it's cool for your school. Point. They won their – this their, you know, obviously by far their deepest playoff run ever. But, you know, you kind of had some help getting there. That's all, yeah. I'm I'm, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong either. <laughs> I understand completely what you're saying. Uh, but for Fort Fry, uh, again, they are the number one seed in, in that region, Region 23. They defeated Belpre, uh, local team around here, 50, uh, 54 to 0. And they faced Afrocentric. And defeated them 51 to 12. Uh, lower scoring game, but uh, no score for Barnesville. It was a 34 nothing win for Fort Fry uh, in the semifinals. <laughs> only, only 34 nothing. I mean, you didn't hit 50 this time, <laughs> right? So it's only. <laughs> and then Fort Fry against Proctorville Fairland, which is again the three seed. The number two seed was upset earlier on in the bracket. Long um, time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Centerburg lost to Loudonville. Uh, 42-41, and then Colgrove beat them. But that's your uh, that's your breakdown right there for the Region 23. But I'll try to go and um, I'll try to get Marty on. We'll see if he's uh, he's available on Monday. We'll, we'll talk to him then. Uh, but thanks to the callers, thanks to J.O. Curvin, the sports editor, and thanks to Trevor Stevens calling into the program. We appreciate it and look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Sportsman comes back 6.06 tomorrow. Up next, CBS News at the top of the hour. For Joe Medora, this is Connor Mills signing off. It's been the Sportsman presented by JK Contracting. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio.